Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Uh, Corey Palm, Coach Tony Ursland, and Tanner Lipson. No special guests for us this week, but uh, we'll, we'll try and muddle through the three of us. We got some good stuff to talk about. First thing, guys, to talk about, it, uh, it debuted this week, Monday night, uh, uh, the Boilermaker Rewind, going to go back through every Big Ten dual win this season on uh, social media platforms. Just just throwing that out there to get a chance to relive uh, some some great moments from this season. Uh, generally, we haven't talked about this, guys. What are your thoughts on that series? Yeah, I, you know, I, it was interesting for me. I mean, first of all, I, I made it through through a, a couple of a couple of matches before I had to turn the sound off and and just watch it. You know, uh, just for the wrestling itself. I, I I can't do with the other people's commentary. I guess I figured that out about myself. So I did have to turn the sound off. But no, nah, I mean, it was it was good. You know, the older you get, the faster these years go by, and um, it just brings back a lot of uh, a lot of good memories to what was a very strong season. And that was our first big 10 duel, you know, coming off a uh, good performance at Midlands. And so uh, I really looked look at that as a nice springboard, you know, into what was a solid, obviously we didn't get everything we wanted out of the big 10 season. You know, you, can, you always got things you can do a little better, but I thought it was a nice springboard into the big 10 season with a, a strong win over a, a ranked team. It's always interesting to, uh, you know, obviously we were there, you know, you, you, you catch yourself on camera here and there. And, uh, you, you know, we, we watched it once. It's always interesting to go back and watch. You know, I used to do this when I worked with basketball. I would come home and watch the TV broadcast after wins to see what they said about us or how it went and whatnot. Um, I think the funniest part about watching some of these duels is with, um, you know, the, the student U announcers. They tend to play a little bit more home team than would maybe like, a, you know, a, a regular BTN crew or whatnot. Do they ever? And so, uh, <laughs> hearing the hearing the disappointment in their voice when when our guys are winning, especially in, you know in blowouts and whatnot, like you know they uh, the you know right off the bat the the Schroeder Diagostino match, you know there there were yep. high hopes for that to be a really great match and you know it sure be a really close one, you know two top ten kids and you know fireworks and so on and so forth and Devin control I mean Devin was on his leg like you know, within the first couple seconds and uh, turned him and it was, you know, ended up being a major decision, but uh, you know, just the disappointment in the announcer's voice of like, mm, man, I, I really thought this was going to go a different way. <laughs> yeah. I envisioned that happening a little differently in my head, right? Like, yeah, that's how the old movie line goes, but yeah, no, it was, it was interesting. And you know, it, it's uh, it, for me, it's always good and bad, right? I mean, it's, I guess it's just not warm and fuzzies. You, you end up, like the, the Parker Phileas match just, you know, just let me, my brain on fire again, you know, so that wasn't good. I'm sitting down, you know, uh, getting ready for dinner and uh, my brain's on fire from, you know, watching that and people want to know why I'm, I'm ticked off, right? My, my wife and kids. So, A match from four months ago really upset me, honey. Yeah, I tell you, so you got to talk to Tanner. He's the one who put this up, you know, talk to Tanner and Corey. It's these guys' it's fault. Their fault. But... I then at the same time, it was interesting in that you get to watch how far some of these guys came too, right? I mean, there was some, you know, a guy like Parker, um, where he was just in early January and then kind of where he was that first week in March at Big Tens because he wrestled that guy again, you know, and did a really nice job getting the W over him, you know. Um, so, beat, him for his, beat him for his spot at Nationals. Yeah, 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 that was the match to go. and. And a uh, completely different match, you know, uh, again, and Parker controlled it. So just, it, it was nice to see too, some disappointments, 
Um, but then there was progress. There was, you know, corrections made and adjustments and, you know, kind of what he looked like um, down the road was, was notable. And that was good to see, you know, so, and, and even, you know, a guy like, you know, Kendall who let a match get away from him um, with the, the top, you know, what Deacon was doing to him on top, even made some adjustments. And although it didn't result in a, in a win, you know, you, you see progress and that's, that's good. I mean, it kind of took me a couple different directions. You always have that, that emotion, but it was, you know, highs and lows again, you know, thinking about, okay, what do we got to do now to get better? Absolutely. I mean, that's, the, that's part of the process, right? Year round. We're always trying to, we're always trying to figure out how to get better. Uh, a couple other cool notes from that duel that I thought were fun. Um, watching both uh, Travis Ford Melton and Thomas Panola get their first career uh, big 10 duel victories you know, both put yep. on major decisions. It was, it was fun to, to watch those guys go out there and, and do their thing again. You know, it's, it's, you know, we've, we've now been checked out, checked out of wrestling for a month. And so being able to get a taste to, to watch some of that stuff again was, uh, was definitely satisfying on my end. Yeah, no. And I, and I hope the fans really like it. If they didn't get a chance to watch it the first time, you know, this is another opportunity to watch some really good wrestling and, and kind of relive some memory. So hopefully people are enjoying it. I think they are, you know, I, I enjoyed it, but um, you hope other people will take advantage as well. Yeah. So we're going to bring this back every Monday for those that missed it. You can go to the Purdue wrestling Facebook page um, and uh, you can rewatch the Northwestern duel. It's still up there. And then uh, we will have a new match every Monday for the next month at 5 PM Eastern time on Mondays. Corey, which one's coming up next? Uh, we got the, uh, maybe the duel of the year that win at Rutgers is, is up next. That, that uh, one that Dylan Lighty and Christian Bruner have both talked about um, as, as maybe their most memorable duel of the season. That one's coming up next Monday. So that'll be a, that'll be a great one. We'll get a chance to see Parker Phileas's growth uh, Monday night uh, when, when we replay that one. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be fun. I got to jump yeah, in here, Coach, because that's going to be. Go ahead. I, I got to jump in here because you said you said Parker's match fired you up. I think when I was when I was rewatching the Northwestern duel, I was so fired up watching the Bruner the Bruner match again. I I ripped off seven or eight straight texts. I think to Tanner in all caps, um, <laughs> uh, using the emoji. I was yelling. It was it was rough. Um, and I will say this about announcers. Uh, you guys got five dual wins in the Big Ten this year. They were all on the road, man. Um, yep. we, we, can, we can showcase the home duels next year when you win those, and I hear that guy is a hell of a play-by-play. Yeah, yeah, I hear that guy's really good. Yeah, top-notch. There's, there's I hear that guy's players. really good. Um, yeah, you know, and just thinking about Rutgers, too, it'll be, it'll be another uh, high, high and low kind of a deal, right, because some tre tremendous performances, but then obviously that was where Bruner got hurt, and – and I was just talking to somebody the other day. I haven't watched that match since it happened. You know, that's just something I didn't want to do. You know, I didn't want to go down that road um, until after the season was over because it was only about getting Christian back and ready to go. You know, so it wasn't something I've even went back to even remotely look at. So I am kind of interested just to take a look and, and, and see what it really looked like, you know, uh, in real time. You know, because it looked ugly the first time. I can only imagine when I get a chance to watch it on video. Um, but, but the response from the guys was tremendous. So I would really strongly urge anybody, if you're going to watch a duel, that, that'd be a great one to, to tune in for. I, I got to be a lot you, of fun. If you do end up watching that match again, make sure your audio is muted. Make sure your audio is muted for the Christian Bruner match, because 
um, not to, you know, talk smack to people, but is some of the worst announcing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, they're, uh, they were, they were, there, there were a lot of things trying to say something like maybe he wasn't hurt or we should move on or, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I think it was, and I think part of that, you know, in a little defense of Rutgers, part of that is the placement of where they have to put their people. You know, their announcers are way far away from the mat. And so they didn't, they weren't able to be close enough to maybe have a realistic idea of what was going on. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt okay. on that. But you're not wrong, Corey. You're, you're absolutely not wrong. That was, it was rough to hear people make some assumptions and say some things that, that you know, 2020 hindsight may have been way out of line. May have been way out of line. Yeah. So anyway, that's something to look forward to next week. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Coach, you said, you know, you talked about looking back at the season. Uh, we had a chance as a staff to do that yesterday as we started going through, um, you know, again, weird time of year. We're used to being together. We're used to getting ready for certain things right now. One of the things that would be coming up would be the end of season banquet. Yep. Um, which we're, we're clearly unable to have right now. But um, the highlight of the postseason banquet is getting to uh, give out some awards. So, you know, we, uh, we talked through those as a staff and, and made some decisions, and we're, we're, we're really excited about rolling out those award winners here in the next, in the next week or so. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, a very obviously deserving group. I mean, anytime you have four guys that were in the, you know, the top, top eight seeds, and four in the top six, and then we had a fifth that was in the top 16, you know, kids had some very solid years, and, and even the guys that maybe weren't seated as high – made some great strides in their wrestling and, and really were peaking at the right time. So uh, actually it was kind of tough yesterday. You know, we were, we're doing our um, individual meetings right now. It's kind of end of the year meetings with these guys, kind of like we're doing this on zoom. And um, you know, we just took time after one of those meetings to discuss as a staff. And it's always hard when you have a lot of guys who had great seasons, but uh, really encourage everybody to kind of, you know, obviously follow along and we'll be re releasing those awards in the near future. Um, it is still my intention, if at all possible, to get people together um, and recognize people. I, I, I still haven't given up hope. Uh, I hope that's not naive. You know, I think we're going to find out in the next few weeks about, you know, what, the, what our situation is going to be. But my hope would still be sometime this summer, if possible, to get together and celebrate those guys. But in the mean, meantime, certainly want to recognize them and the years that they've had. And I think, you know, it'll be kind of fun to, to see who gets yeah, yeah, I'll tell you what, Coach, you know, if, if having hope if, if having hope makes me naive, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. I'll, I'll be the most naive guy in the room. You know, I'm not – I think, I think hope is what none of us can be willing to give up right now. I think that's, that's yep. got to be the move. So uh, just a quick rundown for those, uh, those, those following, what the team awards will be. Um, we give out the Joe Pataxo Leadership Award. We give out the Hammerdown Strength and Conditioning Award. We award the uh, Most Improved Wrestler. We give out the Boiler Up Tough Award, somebody who faced adversity in the season and, and, and conquered it. Uh, we have the Most Dedicated Wrestler, the Outstanding Freshman, the Most Outstanding Wrestler, and we added a new one this year. Um, we're going to give out the Most Dominant Wrestler. We, we, you know, we were talking through some things and uh, following in line with uh, what the NCAA does with their award, uh, with the Most Dominant Wrestler and the way they figure out points and whatnot. Um, we thought that that would be appropriate um, to give out on the team as well. 
Yep. Yeah, and I think it's it's probably long overdue, honestly. I don't know why we didn't have that before. I mean, if you're going to have the hashtag always aggressive um, on your program, I think, you know, obviously talking about dominance and scoring points is always at the forefront of our minds. You know, it's part of the process, right? So um, it, it just made sense. I think, you know, uh, we, we had a lot of guys with tremendous years who not only got their hand raised a lot, but they were scoring a lot of points and were dominant, you know, separating themselves from their opponents so um, uh, another I think nice addition um, for, for our team yeah you know it's in the wake of a historic year and, and you look at some of the records that guys set and the, the milestones they surpassed and the way they climbed charts um, it, it was you know you alluded to the fact it was it was fun to kind of talk in circles a little bit because you know you could have given the same guy like three or four different awards and and trying to figure out you know Yes, we have five guys who we could give this award to. That's awesome. That's you know that's a great problem about. to have. Yeah, it's a great problem to have. Um, so trying to figure out who gets what and, and how do you not give the same guy four awards or you know do the co the co this or the co that because because you had so many guys having so many great seasons. Yeah, and, and uh, you know it, the I guess the thing that I was probably really happy with I guess as you, you kind of because right it forces you to reflect again on the year like you kind of take a walk down memory lane just like the duels we were talking about and so you're thinking about people's work habits and their attitudes and their leadership and you know everything that they've done throughout the course of the year I mean I, I routinely tell the guys man fellas you're evaluated every day I mean that's just how it is right and in this competitive world we live in and especially Big Ten wrestling uh, every day you're evaluated. The staff is watching you to see how you're doing and, and are you making adjustments and are you getting better? So, you know, that was kind of what was going on yesterday on, on a smaller level, but it gets you thinking, okay, man, you know, from beginning to end, what was this kid like? You know, what was his attitude, his work habits? And, and you come to the conclusion that we had a lot of really good uh, kids in terms of attitudes and work ethic and, and just, you know, learning how to lead and so that was a really positive thing, you know, there was, it was tough choices to be made. And that's a good thing when you're talking about, you know, what I think is key to your culture. Yeah. So we've done a lot of talking about, you know, looking back, um, let's take a quick look at today. It is, it is April 15th. Tax day. It is tax day. <laughs> it is also the day that the NCAA chose to reopen NLIs and the signing periods. Um, so, you know, in the next, in the next week, coach, we'll get to we'll get to welcome some new faces to the uh to the team we can't can't talk too much about them yet but um but very exciting you know any anytime you're bringing in this new blood it's exciting yeah there's no doubt we've got uh one in particular the the letter uh went out today and so we're going to be waiting on on that it was actually our last official visit before the quarantine happened i mean they were actually on the visit when we got word like hey we're shutting everything down so so we feel very fortunate. Yeah, we, we feel very fortunate um, that this young man has decided that he wants to be a Boilermaker and he had the chance to experience everything, you know, and I know we're going to talk probably here in the next few minutes about what recruiting's looking like now um, in quarantine, but this young man actually got to be on campus and go through everything and, and decided this is, this is where he wanted to be. So, so we'll be really excited to announce him. Uh, down the road as well but 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 good addition with great credentials I mean all the way around so um, stay stay tuned you know this this um, signing period opens today and it's going to go through August so it's not something where you know we've got to rush to get them in and get it done it's it's going to be an ongoing process 
you know, we would like to sign one, maybe two, you know, I mean, honestly, uh, we we're in a good spot as a young team and only graduating a couple guys, uh, you know, with the six qualifiers coming back. So it's not like we're looking for a lot, but we've, we've got a couple of key additions that if we can pick up late here, we'll be really excited about. Otherwise much of it is uh, juniors, which we've already got a couple. And then sophomores the, who will be juniors in the fall, we can start on June 15th. So really it's ramping up, you know, what, what we're trying to do now and the talks that, you know, obviously we're having, Tanner, you've been a part of those is just kind of what we need to do to stay ahead of the curve and recruiting those guys and what right now is, is uh, you know, um, stay at home. So um, still, you know, life goes on and we're working hard to, to get better. And, and, you know, today when this letter gets signed, we'll be better. Yeah, coach, it's, it's been, uh, it's been really interesting. You know, we, we've had a lot of talks in the last few weeks, um, about how this has changed. You know, we, we can't, we can't have kids on campus. We can't have our normal recruiting visits where they get to come in and they get to see our facilities and they get to meet our staff and they get to meet our kids. And, uh, it's kind of, Challenges and, and what are some of the things that have uh, been the toughest for you as far as, as trying to find new solutions for? Yeah, um, and I don't, you know, you may get different answers, obviously, from different coaches on recruiting, but I've always felt like, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I've always felt like the people at Purdue have what is what make this place special. You know, I, I think, you know, we have tremendous people around the program, you know, whenever, you know, whether it's, you know, um, strength and conditioning, nutrition, academics, you know, people on our staff, right? Anybody who's affiliated with our staff all play a big role. And I think that's what different Purdue checks a lot of boxes, right? I mean, it's, it's a tremendous academic school. It's, it's in the big 10, you know, we wrestle a great schedule, right? Those are boxes that, you know, I say you can check them off, but if you're not happy, you know, you don't have those relationships, um, then, you know, um, you, you got to be careful, right? Because if you're not happy, it isn't going to work. And so for me, it's been trying to figure out how do you kind of build these relationships when you can't necessarily have them on and let them talk to people because NCAA rules kind of dictate certain people you can talk to, right? Certainly I can, I can jump on a phone call, but not everybody can, you know, my, my recruitable coaches uh, can do that coach shop coach Suflone, but there's other people who are not allowed on those calls just by NCAA rule. And, and that could change. I'm, I'm one of those people. There you go. But yeah, so it's, it's been just trying to think about how can we be creative and, and keep those lines of communication open where the kids truly get a fit and a feel for your program and understand the expectations. That's, that's been the challenge. And, and obviously we're working on some things digitally that we think will, will work um, as well as just trying to maybe how we express our message can, can mean a lot to people. You know, I mean, how, you know, the, the effectiveness of your communication now more than ever is a big deal. And you can't just take that for granted. Right. Because um, the meaning can change very subtly, you know, in your message. You know, that's it's just what I found. So you can't assume you've got to really make sure that you're effective and you're efficient in your communication with these guys where they really understand kind of your expectations and the environment around your and, um, you know, we're, we're still, we're still experimenting. Uh, as I said, you know, we're, we're fortunate where we, we may sign one or two more kids at, at the most in this signing period this summer. It's really all about looking at this young talent moving forward. You know, you talk about those sophomores on the 15th or even juniors, 
but we're a little further ahead on the juniors because a lot of them have been on campus, whether it's unofficial or official visits. So, so they've kind of had that experience. I'm really more thinking about uh, these sophomores who haven't necessarily been here and maybe they won't for a while. And so you've got to get the visit, right? I mean, you, you want to be, the NCAA only gives us five visits. So you've got to find a way um, to uh, have these kids see something in your program where, yes, I can see myself there, you know what I mean, um, and want to continue down that road when they can be on campus. So that, that's the key for us, and that's what we spend most of our time on right now. And, uh, you know, I, I like where we're going. I, there's a lot of momentum in the program, clearly. But, um, but yeah, the, we, we certainly don't want to lose ground because we're not uh, hustling in maybe the next way that this recruiting environment's going to be. And, uh, you know, I guess the other thing we were talking about before um, coming online here is it, it's really interesting to me, too, how fast kids are making their decisions when we're talking about recruiting. You know, we, we had the unfortunate, um, you know, incident with uh, Old Dominion losing their program. Obviously, that's tremendous, you know, loss. That's very disappointing. But, man, you've seen there's a lot of those kids are, are already committed places. I mean, they may have taken a couple days and now, boom, they're signed. So, um, you know, the transfer portal, um, as well as maybe how kids are, are wanting to make decisions anymore means, again, you got to be incredibly effective, um, you know, at communicating with these guys and expressing, you know, what it would be at your school. So it's, it's created an interesting environment. I, I can't believe, you know, and I'm an old relationship guy. So it's always, and you've heard me talk about this a lot, Tanner, I mean, but you know, you start off and you get to know them and what they want and you build the relationship and then you just kind of move through where you always feel like you're, you know, progressing to the next level from a recruiting standpoint and a relationship standpoint. But now you've got to understand how fast some of this is going to happen, you know, and, uh, and you've got to be ahead of it. It's been really interesting, you know, with uh, we're in we're in year two, almost year three of the new rules that opened up the juniors to, to official visits and and bringing them on campus more. And, and, and I think you're right. Everything is accelerated a ton. You see more and more kids that are on that, that junior big board, you know, whatever class it is in the, in the current landscape. But uh, there's a lot of kids on that junior big board that are committed now way yeah. more than in years past. It's, it's, it's been crazy. And we're fortunate to have a few of those. That's, I think, I think that speaks, speaks volumes about the program and, uh, and about our staff and what they've been able to do as far as like, you know, adapting to the new rules and adapting to the new, the new landscape of, of wrestling and in college athletics in general, really, because it's, you know, you're seeing it more in other sports as well, uh, you know, basketball and football and every, everything like, you know, these, these, the, the process has sped up so much. And so, uh, but it's, it's been really interesting. Do you think, do you think with the, the current situation with, with uh, the COVID-19 and whatnot, that this potentially slows it down some for the next year or so um, with, you know, the, the, the class of 22, they become contact eligible on June 15th, like you yep. said. Um, if they can't get on campuses, if they can't start taking visits, do you think the process slows down, you know, temporarily? I would, so me personally, I would hope so. I don't, I don't have an answer. You know, let's go back to, to the word of the, the last month of uh, stay at home. It's, it's fluid, right? To me, it's a very fluid situation. It depends on what information comes out the next few weeks, let's say. Um, I feel like there, it might slow kids down. They may say, hey, I just want to wait and see. You know, let's wait till we can get back on campus and do some things. But then again, you know, 
you don't know what direction other coaches are coming for. You know, these are obviously uh, some of the blue chip kids programs want them. And so they could come hard and say, here's the offer. We need to know where we're going to move on. So you can't ever underestimate what that can look like or what that can do to a young man. Uh, like I said, I've always come from, you know, the relationship based, you know, um, re recruiting aspect. You want that relationship because then everybody's on the same page. You know, you, you, it's a good relationship from the get go and you're on the same page and there's no, you know, no hiccups. It's, it's going to be hard. It's always going to be hard. School and wrestling, it's tough. So you want that relationship. You know, it's going to be hard enough otherwise. But, you know, it, it just seems like kids uh, are moving quicker than ever before. And what we've seen in some of these transfers or even late seniors is they've really sped things up. So I guess I'm, I'm kind of in a wait and see mode. But like, like anybody, you're preparing for the future for all scenarios. Right? Like I, I have to prepare like, okay, if, if they want to decide quick, then we've got to be ready to move with them on their timeline. If they want a longer timeline, great. You know, we're, we're happy because, you know, we, we think when you get to know us and everybody affiliated with the program, it's tremendous, right? It's a great environment. Um, but you have to work on their timelines, you know, otherwise you won't, you'll miss opportunities with people. So from my standpoint, I'm preparing for, I guess, all, all eventualities, you know, probably right. like, a lot, of the, a lot of ADs right now are doing, right? They're, they're trying to prepare for multiple scenarios of what could happen. And I feel like that's, that's probably the same thing for us and how we're looking at recruiting. You, you just got to be ready. Well, I think, you know, it's, you know, you brought up the fact that we've been doing the, the interviews with the kids on the team and the, the, the end of season wrap-ups. And, the, you know, one thing that has come up over and over again um, has been how close the team was this year. And, and is currently. Yep. It's been a constant theme from all the guys on the team. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been awesome to hear. And I definitely think, me personally, I think that speaks to your recruiting process. I think it speaks to the fact that, you know, you put the relationship first and making sure these guys are a good fit for being here and so on and so forth. And uh, I think that watching those two things connect – and the fact that, you know, you know, that's your approach as far as bringing them here. And now here we are at the end of a season and you've got the entire team saying like, you know, this team is a family and this team is, is, you know, closer than we've ever been before. And uh, for me as, as, you know, as a support staff member, that's, that's been incredible to, to, to watch come to fruition over the last, over the last year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's been, it's been good to hear, right? Like you're, you can't ever sleep on your culture. We've, uh, right we've talked about a lot this year and it always changes right it changed like this uh, this um is going to change us as a team right what we've done here over quarantine and how we stay connected and, and those things are going to change us as well so you can't ever take it for granted you can't ever just assume and so but it, it has been it's been really nice to hear that these guys um are really strong in their connections i mean they've they've got their chats going on all the time they're they're throwing workouts up, challenging each other. Here's what I did. What are you doing? And those are, those are fun things to see. You know, that's, I'm not standing there running the workout. Obviously I can't. So, so these guys are finding ways to stay connected and to challenge each other. And in the long run, I think that's going to be great. I really do. I think anytime that you, you take that on yourself, as long as you do that, right, you're, you're going to be better. So uh, my hope is that we come out of this stronger than we went in because you know, they've been forced to, Hey, yeah, this is on me. I gotta, I gotta run with this and, and they will. Absolutely. 
Coach, it's, uh, you know, brought up the fact that it's April 15th. You know, the downside of this quarantine has been, um, you know, haven't, haven't had any chance to get out on the golf course. Yes. And, uh, and that, that has been furthered by, you know, you can't really see out my window behind me. Oh, it looks like it's slowed down. But uh, when we started the podcast today, it was dumping snow in West Lafayette, Indiana on yeah, April 15th. It's, yeah, April 15th, and we've got snow. I, it's crazy. Um, and, and as you mentioned, it's affected my golf game. I can't even go out right and, and practice social distancing, just walking the course by myself. Uh, well, as you said, it looks like it's stopping, so maybe we can get out. But it's, yeah, I mean, you know, now I can't even golf. So that's, that's been a, a bummer. But uh, hopefully we'll be fine soon. Get out the neon balls. You'll be fine. Yes. I'm not afraid. I do. I'm, I'm pink, neon, whatever we got to do. I, it's, it's all good. Yeah, we can get, some, we can get some, 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 colored, some colored balls out there on the course so we can find them a little easier. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, I yeah, think, that'd be okay. I'm ready. I just picked up some new golf shoes last night. I, I'm, you know, the, the online shopping, the, online, the, the retail therapy when you're in quarantine is, it has gotten to me a little bit. I, I, <laughs> I was on that Nike site last night looking for some new golf shoes. I finally pulled the trigger. Yeah, it keeps it keeps hope alive, right? Like if you're buying golf shoes in your mind, you're like you're intending to use these, so you know it, it, it still fires. I was texting, I was texting Suflone, and Suflone's like, "Well, yeah, if we get to play," and I'm like, "Hey, I will hear none of that. <laughs> you will keep hope alive. We are going to play golf this summer. That's yes, happening. absolutely. So." Corey, you got anything else on your end for coach? No, I just got to make sure I get in on those uh, foursomes. This, if you need somebody to drive the cart this summer, I'll be there for you. No, you come on out. We will have a good time. <laughs> I, hey, I don't doubt that a bit. Nobody in our group's playing on the PGA anytime soon, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! But no, it's you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward. Right? Uh, you know, I don't want to throw, I guess, too much of a damper, but they say, you know, we're supposed to peak here this week. I think isn't it. Uh, April 19th or 20th. That's what they're saying. For, our, for us. And so I'm really hoping um, and interested to see what happens after we hit this peak. And if things tail off, we flatten the curve like we're supposed to. You know, that's my hope is, is that some things will be loosened. Uh, I, I know none of us are probably under the, the illusion that it's just going to go snap back right to the way things were. Um, that there's going to have to be a gradual process to this. But you know, I, I, I am hopeful that, that you know, the strings will get loosened a little bit and we can start at least to kind of get back into some familiar habits, you know, um, with, with the team or the guys or just, you know, even our life, you know, just getting out um, into public spaces more. So um, hope is alive. I'm, I'm waiting to see where this next week or two takes us. Hope is alive. I think we'll leave it right there. Uh, uh, just a reminder, check out the, uh, the Boilermaker Rewind Monday for that uh, replay of the, the Rutgers duel on uh, Purdue Wrestling's social media channels. Guys, we'll, we'll do it again next week. What do you say? Appreciate it. Look forward to it. Sounds like a plan. Take care. We'll catch you next week. Boiler up.